Welcome to the High Coopy Podcast, Season 6, Episode 11. My name is Patricia, the long-time host of this podcast. And despite doing this for six seasons, I still haven't got a clue how to introduce myself. One day, it will come to me, I'm sure. So what do we have for you today? Well, if you're signed up to the mailing list, you might already have a clue. But today, Sean O'Connor is reading for a live audience from his book, Fragmentation. There'll be a link in the show notes. So if you enjoy what you hear, you can certainly go and buy the book. I asked poets on the mailing list if they'd like to come along to our first ever live event. I kept it small because I'd not done it before. And so thank you to everyone who came along. Despite my nerves, I think it went well. Well, at least you gave Sean a great thumbs up. Thank you. Today, you're going to hear the reading, but he did stay on to do a Q&A session with our invited guests. So make sure you're signed up to the mailing and you'll hear all about it when I publish it. A little bit of housekeeping before I get on with the reading. It's May, so we're reading your haiku and senryu inspired by Eve Carlson's presentation in episode six of this series. Link in the show notes again. Do get a wiggle on. You have until the 15th of the month to get those submissions into us so the team can read them. Please do subscribe to our podcast wherever you get them. If you have a smartphone, your podcast app will make it very easy for you to subscribe. I'm putting out a little bit of content every Monday, some long, some short. Don't miss it. And do let me know whether you're enjoying it. Now this month, I'll be reading out the poetry you submitted to our Flash Haiku call-out. What? You don't know what I'm talking about? Well, the poets on my mailing list do. Get yourself signed up for another opportunity to submit, to get featured on the podcast, and be published in the Poetry P Journal. We do nominate poems to a number of poetry prizes, you know. Now apologies to anyone watching us on our YouTube channel. It's hay fever season. Personally, I'm nearly at the end, but I do feel like I look like a red-eyed devil and I haven't even gone out on my bike ride yet. Oh well, a small price to pay for the Catkins and the Forsythia. Now, on with our reading. Welcome to Sean O'Connor and our guests here at P Towers for Poetry P's first live event ever. I'm not at all nervous. Actually, I am very nervous. But anyway, Sean will be reading from his book, Fragmentation, winner of the 2022 Haiku Society of America Merit Book Award for the best Haibun book. It's not his latest book, That's the God of Bones, but fear not, Poetry P was very honoured to be the sponsor for that book launch, and we'll be putting that episode out separately in the future. There'll be a link to both books in the show notes. Both are available through Alba Publishing and, of course, Sean's website. Now, Sean is a great writer, full stop, but he chooses to write primarily in the Haibun form. And perhaps when we get to the Q&A, he can tell us why that is. Today, in this reading, we're going to experience something of the breadth of his writing skills. The six pieces he has chosen to read do differ in style, and perhaps our lovely guests will have questions about that later. So enough from me. Sean, would you please read to us from Fragmentation? Thank you so much, uh, Patricia. Thank you, Poetry P, and thank you for 
those of you who have taken the time to come and uh, be here live with us today. I'm going to read some high one from the book Fragmentation, which is uh, I'm showing you now, and um, I'll read about uh, six pieces. So the first piece is the opening piece of the entire book, and it sets, I suppose it sets out the stall in terms of narrative of what's going, what, what the book is concerning itself with, and it's called Windows. So this is Windows. As I arrive on the scene, I immediately realize my father is having a stroke. He is seated in his local pub where he has gone for help when he felt something was wrong. His left arm is limp. A paramedic asks me to confirm that his left, the left side of his face is drooped. He looks startled and helpless, and there is an atmosphere of unstated fear and concern among the bar's patrons, among his friends. Speeding ambulance through its tinted windows, a waning moon. The following day, I go to my father's house to gather some of his clothes to bring to the hospital. There is a photograph on his bedroom wall of a boy on a cart pulled by a donkey. There are two large milk churns on the vehicle. The boy, who is three years old, holds the reins in his hands. He is in charge. That boy is me. On the bedside locker, there is a travel guide for Japan, the one he used when he visited us there. That night with my dad, his joyful discovery, the dance of fireflies. The stroke unit is always busy. As the days go by, I recognise more and more staff, cleaners, caterers, physios and nurses. I begin to know what shift is on. The patients too become familiar, many in wheelchairs, others with sticks or frames. One man seems always to sit in his wheelchair beside a small window. For weeks I greet him, the man who never speaks. He finally nods. Three weeks on, there is a confused message on my phone from a paramedic in the back of an ambulance. It seems they are transferring my father to a rehabilitation centre in the next county. I arrived there late at night to find him bewildered and exhausted. He seems relieved to see me. A nurse suggests that I bring him something personal to put in his room to reassure him. His house is covered with posters of famous motorbikers. There are racing memorabilia everywhere. He was a sidecar racing champion. I choose something I think might help and bring it to the rehab unit. It is much calmer there than the hospital and he is more settled. For the time being, perched on the rehab window, my father's trophy. He sits on an elaborate bed which quietly hisses and puffs as it automatically adjusts to his weight. Several staff come and go during my visit. Each time he introduces them to me, saying, this is my father. At the door of his room, I turn and wave to him. Daffodils outside, 
on his hospital bed. My dad is crying. Thank you very much. So from the rehab unit, I move to a uh, forward piece called I'm Lost. I'm lost. The telephone call from my father reignites a memory from 20 years ago. I'm walking up at the tree-lined avenue of the Milltown Institute on my way to a lecture. It is mid-May, but unusually cold. In an instant, everything changes. Pink cherry blossom, heavy snowfall. Where am I going? Where are you? My father asks. He sounds anxious. At home, I say, just watching television. You okay? There is a silence as he thinks about what I've said. This is his second night in the rehab unit, and I'm guessing he dozed off for a while and now can't figure out where he is. I don't know what's happening, he says. What am I supposed to do? I'm lost. I'm lost. It's nearly midnight, and I can hear how quiet it is there. It's the middle of the night, I say. I tell him to go back to sleep, and I'll talk to him in the morning. But it takes time and a lot of repetition to reassure him. Eventually, he tires and goes to sleep. But I cannot sleep. I ruminate on the fear in his voice when he said, I'm lost, I'm lost. In our tin house, rolling over the roof, this ancient wind. Thank you. It's the third piece in this uh, opening sequence of the book fragmentation, and it's called Come and See. My father is usually at the window when I arrive. The view from there is sparse, the blank wall of the dementia unit only metres away. Between wall and window is a strip of tight, tightly clipped lawn, two fragile young trees and some flowers. They bloomed late this year these bright yellow daffodils, already turning. Above the wall is enough sight of sky to judge the weather, and so he feels confident to give me his forecast. It will or won't rain, or it's lovely out now, better get out of it as it won't last. It's only a pet day. During visits, he repeatedly shuffles around the bed to look outside. It took me a while to decipher his comments when at the window. I thought there was one, but there are two, he said. Always busy, always working away, especially in the morning. When a workman passed this by this afternoon, I asked my father if he was one of the workers he was talking about. No, no, he said. He's a gardener. He's a good worker too, mind you. He's always about the place, lots to do. The other two come and go. I have to keep an eye out to catch them. They're usually here in the morning. One of them got a snail and was banging it off a stone for ages till it broke. As I was about to leave, my father was back at the window when his face lit up. There they are, he said. Come and see. Among fresh daisies, 
a blackbird and a thrush, my father's new friends. You? Now for something a little different from the same book, Fragmentation. This is uh, kind of in a bit of dialect. Uh, it's in English, but it's in kind of slightly Irish dialect. So brace yourselves. <laughs> it's called Wicker. Wicker. The wicker ones are all the rage. Mixie Drew had one above and clock. In fairness, it looked good, added to the conversation. Made by a man up in Burr. Unbleached linen, you know. Eco-friendly. Imagine people take down an oak when this is just a job and at a fraction of the price. Winter wake. This corpse looks younger, without glasses. His English cousins, born and bred, don't know where to look. Never seen the likes of it, not over there. Sure, by the time they get round to a burial, you'd have forgotten they died. The thing is, there's the thing. You could live your whole life and never see a corpse, even family. And as the fella says, you'll never get to see your own. The crowd from over don't like all the laughing or the kids playing around the place or the grub, the sandwiches and all that, not to mention the drink. Plenty more where that came from. Rain at the window. On his waxy face. A housefly. Thank you. But the penultimate reading today from Fragmentation, a piece called Rising, this one opens with a haiku, as opposed to ending with one. Rising. Starless sky, pouring into loneliness. The foghorns moan. At the point of air, a heaving sea, cold and black. In waves thundering ashore, rolling rocks clatter and clank. God of water roars with delight at the triumph of solitude. The wind god, too, rises up in song, and in the singing of the shoving wind a cry is carried from beyond the dunes, the searching calls of my father, who has lost me. I turn and call to him, lean into a scream, a scream carried out and over the icy sea, where no one but the gods themselves can hear. And for my final piece, I'll read the final piece in the book Fragmentation. It's the, uh, yeah, the last, uh, literally the last page of the book. I opened with the start and I'll, I'll close with the finish. And this is called Baby. The Christmas crib looks like it's made from an Alsatian's doghouse with a side cut away to reveal the nativity scene. Nestled in fake straw, a crowd of kitsch figurines circle baby Jesus. There's a tinfoil star on the roof. It's freezing on this side of the COVID hub, so I keep my coat and gloves on. A staff member wheels my father in, both of them in Santa hats. He takes his off when he sees me and looks at it in his lap for a while before saying anything. We spend the first ten minutes of our half-hour slot establishing that it's Christmas Eve, then the weather, and that he's well looked after. Dinner handed up to you, and the best that grub it is. Just as we're out of time, 
he reaches into the crib and pats the head of one of the Meiji. Then he presses his finger on the belly of baby Jesus. He turns to me and says, I'll never forget it. You were a tiny baby. They said you were going to die. They all said you would die, but you didn't. You didn't. I am sanitizing my hands as he is wheeled away and I hear him say, that's a son of mine, you know, a son of mine. This fragile life, snow-loaded clouds, slippy underfoot. Thank you. Sean, thank you so much for a wonderful reading of the High Bun form. Remember, if you've enjoyed this reading, there'll be another in the not-so-distant future of Sean's latest book, The God of Bones. If you'd like to read more of Sean's book Fragmentation or dip into The God of Bones before the next reading is published, the link to Sean's website, where you can purchase the book, will be on the show notes at Poetry P. Sean, thank you once again. And until we all meet again, keep writing. Do sign up for the mailing, subscribe to the podcast wherever you find your podcasts, or subscribe to our YouTube channel so you don't miss anything, let alone the Q&A session with Sean and our lovely guests, which will be coming soon. Ciao.